Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps and administration and governors, all the leaders and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. My God. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were the garments affected. And the smell of fire was not, they didn't even smell like fire. Whew. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servant who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any God except their own God. How many of you only worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior today? So therefore, now anytime you see a therefore, you got to find out what it's there for, okay? Therefore, because of the fact that you stood up for God and didn't worship a false God and worship the real God, and then we watched the fires of the enemy not destroy you, and you don't even smell like fire. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, my goodness, and their houses shall be made an ash heap. Because there's no other God who can deliver like this. I feel the Holy Ghost up in this place today. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. Would you just worship God with me one more time? Father, we invite your presence to take over, to do what only you can do. Deliver somebody today. Let the chains that they came in here with no longer be a part of their life. But he that the Son has set free. It's free indeed. Everybody say in the name of Jesus. I want to preach on the subject today, the smell of worship. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor close to you and say, you smell like worship. If they don't smell like worship, speak your faith. If you were to really look at the history of the Bible, and I love understanding the history because it makes the Old Testament come alive. What happened in the book of Daniel is they're suffering. They're suffering in exile because of the sins of their forefathers. They disobeyed God and drifted from God, and God had to punish them and allow the Babylonians to take over Israel. So here you have righteous men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, born into a situation, suffering in a situation that they themselves did not even earn. 
Now, I have to be honest preaching today. Most of my trouble before I matured in the Lord, I brought on myself. I, I was speeding when you pulled me over and when you arrested me when I was 16. I earned that. I earned that, okay? I, I, I wasn't the devil. I know we try to blame everything on the devil. You know, I gained weight because the devil, the fat devil, and, and you know, I... <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move on. But th- I'm not talking about that kind of struggle. This is the kind of struggle that they didn't even ask for. In a, in a way, you could say that they were put in a hostage situation where something came on them, and they didn't want it, but it came on them. You may not have asked to be born in the family you were born in. You may not have asked for the environment, culture, and neighborhood that you were born in. You, you didn't ask to go to the school that influenced you to start your drugs and your drinking. You didn't ask for all that. Things just kind of happened. And before long, you found yourself in a hostage situation like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I want to preach to somebody today that you are not hopeless in your hostage situation. There's always something to look forward to. God is usually doing something when we don't see it. And this is the situation we find ourselves here. Because, you see, I, I, I think I've told some of you this before, but, but, but my family comes from the world. Some people, you, you've been saved, you know, your family, you're like, you know, 82nd generation saved. And, you know, you got family members with pictures with Abraham and all that. You've been saved a long time. The Melanson's got saved recently, okay? Uh, I was 11 months old, and my dad and mom walked in a church like this, in an environment like this, and they were drug addicts. Two weeks before they walked in that church, my dad had shot up drugs in his vein. They smoked weed every day, They drank, and it wasn't legal back then, and they didn't have a prescription. They drank every day. They got drunk. They partied. They gambled. They fought. They did everything, but something changed when they walked in a place where God was, and the things that once held them hostage no longer holds them hostage today because I'm telling you he who the son has set free is free indeed you may have came up here in here a drug addict an alcoholic a liar a porn addict a cheater but you're not leaving here this way because the presence of God is in this place I wish we would take a praise break right now and thank God for the freedom we have Somebody say yes. Yes. So this is the temptation, though, is after you get exposed to Jesus, then the enemy brings something we call fiery trials. Anybody maybe can have an idea of some fiery trials going on in your life right now. And the temptation is to lose yourself in the struggle, to begin to doubt your salvation, to begin to doubt what God has done for you. Maybe the enemy will even bring up the word relapse. Divorce. Maybe he'll try to whisper evil things in your mind. If your God loved you, this wouldn't have happened. 
that person wouldn't have died. This person wouldn't have got addicted. That diagnosis wouldn't have happened. But I'm telling you right now, this world is not our home. We're going to struggle here. We're going to fight here. We're going to be against demons here and devils here. But I'm not preaching about here. I'm preaching about somewhere else where in the twinkling of an eye, God's going to blow the trumpet and the dead in Christ are going to rise and you're going to meet him in the, in the air. And the Bible says that there'll be no more tears. I don't know about you, but I look forward to not crying anymore. I look forward to not gaining weight anymore. The Bible says we get in a glorified body. I already put my order in. 6'2", 200 pounds, six-pack, not a four-pack, and it's going to happen in Jesus' name. It's happening. Slap your neighbor says, I'm getting my glorified body. <laughs> you should see my glorified body. He's going to look good. He's going to have all his hair, everything. He's not going to need glasses, not going to have short legs. He's going to be good looking. But right now, we stuck with this. Look at your neighbor and say, you're stuck with me. Look at your other neighbor and say, I don't know you, but this preacher got me talking to you. Right now, we're in a fight between two people. The saved you and the other you. Some of you got more than you and you. You got you, 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 you. You know what I'm talking There's at least two of you. <laughs> Sometimes we got to ask you, which one are you today? <laughs> Come on, somebody. If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Which one are you today? I'm deciding whether I'm going to work and working overtime or not. These Hebrew boys had pressure on them. They had some heat. And the enemy knows how to do that. He knows your pressure points. He knows how to touch you in the places you're asking not to be touched. Your kids, your family, your marriage, your finances, your sickness. The enemy knows how to turn the heat up and put pressure on you to see if you will bow down and start speaking lies. Start saying, God wasn't faithful. God didn't do it. I don't know why God did this. I thought God was a deliverer. I thought God was a healer. The enemy's sitting around listening because he don't know what you're thinking, so he's trying to figure out what you're thinking by what you're saying. I want to preach to some people that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the only thing that comes out of your mouth is, blessed be the name of the Lord. My God is faithful. He's good. I'm going to get to the other side. My God's going to help me. My God's going to strengthen me. It's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. I'm not giving up. So there's two of you. And there was two of them. You know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody name their kids after them? You got you to test people. Sometimes people don't know the Bible, naming their kids Jezebel and stuff. <laughs> I heard it somewhere. <laughs> but that wasn't their real identity. Every day, they're calling them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the boys who were oppressed, the boys who are slaves, the boys who have no power, the boys who we're going to tie up, the boys who we're going to throw in the fire if they don't bow down. But they don't think they're that. The enemy thinks they're that. 
The enemy is working them over, reminding them of who they used to be, reminding them of their weakest points in life because they are called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are bound with things. They are about to be thrown in the fire. They are slaves in a Babylonian empire, but they got something on the inside of them that refuses to give in to the surroundings around them. I want to preach to some people today who's got something on the inside of them that's greater than the things going on around them. How many of you got the Holy Ghost today? See, you see, we, we've got an attack against the Holy Ghost. The reason why the enemy is comfortable with the religious world being religious but not having the Holy Ghost is because he ain't scared where we go to church. He's scared when we become the church. He's scared when we got the Holy Ghost on the inside. He's scared because now the fire won't work, the addiction won't work, the attack won't work, the government won't work. Why? Because I got something on the inside of me. When you look at it, every day they're calling them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We, we got a man in our church. He asked us to call him Joe now. But we used to call him a French cuss word. I won't mention it here. Because he was so messy that they called him the French word for mess. <laughs> Just look straight ahead. I know we're in church. And he got saved, and he decided he didn't want to be called that anymore. He said, call me Joe. Don't call me that anymore. We had to fix it because we were so used to calling him that. But we had to change. Now everybody knows him as Joe because he fought for the identity that God had given him and it conquered the identity that the enemy had given him. I want to preach to somebody today who understands you're not that mess anymore. You're the name of Jesus now. You have new power. You have new strength. You're a new identity. You're a new creature. Slap your neighbor and say, you don't look like you used to look. Slap your other neighbor and say, you don't act like you used to act. Come on, I got some old heathens. I got some former heathens up in here. Come on, I, got, I want some good sinners. Raise your hand. Not, not, not the ones who stole a lottery ticket at the convenience store. I'm talking about the real sinners. I'm talking about the ones that you have to edit your testimony so that people want to sit by you in church. Who am I preaching to? I'm preaching to save people who say, I used to be those things, but I'm blood-bought. I'm spirit-filled. I'm Holy Ghost-empowered. I got the Word of God. I've got the name of God. I've got freedom. Who am I preaching to today? I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ. Take a praise break right now and thank God for his goodness. I smell worship up in here. I smell worship up in here. Come on. I don't smell fire. I smell worship. Their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Hananiah was Shadrach. That means Jehovah has given. 
Mishael was Meshach. It means who is like God. Azariah was Abednego. It means whom Jehovah helps. So together they linked up. And the Bible says where two or three will link up. God has given. We become like God and God is our help. And I'm telling you, if I could get two or three people in this room to go ahead and link up in the name of Jesus, no fire that was sent to destroy your life is going to conquer you, your family, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. Not a single one of you will be casualties of the fire. Not one of you. Not one of you. Not one of you. Can I talk for a little while? Can I go a little further? I got to praying for you this morning. And God shifted gears on me and I had to make some new notes. I don't like new notes on Sunday morning, but I had to do it. God took me and he said, there's some spirits that have tried to attack some of you at the river. And this is what he referred to them as, the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of fear. So sickness usually links up with fear. Fear and sickness, they usually play together. And, and the enemy is trying to use this on society today, but some of you came here with some fear issues, and I want to talk to you and encourage you. I don't want you leaving here beat up. I want you leave here, leaving here free. You see, what they did to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is they tied them up, put the strongest armors, men, to hold them, and then they heated up the fire seven times. The purpose of this was to create a spirit of intimidation. It was to intimidate them. It was to make them feel like there was no way they could win. And my question to you today is, what has the enemy brought in your life to convince you that there is no way you can win? And when you pray and you try to come to church and you try to do what's right, what has the enemy heated up seven times hotter? Because there are times, people of God, where we go hard in for God and we go all in and then the enemy turns up the affliction. It's going to get hotter. It's going to get hotter. And you begin to think maybe serving God doesn't work. And I want to encourage those people today that are in the midst of the fire right now. I want you to know that the fire is only temporary. Don't make permanent declarations on temporary struggles. You might be struggling right now, but you haven't seen what God is going to do in the future. You're looking at what the enemy has you tied up with now. But let me tell you, they had something nobody else in the room saw. They had God. This is something, Luke 13. I want to show you something. It says, now he was teaching, talking about Jesus, in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Say that with me. A. So you telling me that some sicknesses are not just sicknesses, but they are a spirit of sickness? The word there is pneuma. 
The same one where we get holy pneuma, that's Holy Ghost. So we have a choice whether we follow the holy pneuma or the fearful and sick pneuma. If you're fearful, you won't follow the Holy Ghost. But if you follow the Holy Ghost, you won't cave in to fear. Do you see that? Now watch this. She had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years, she was not a rookie at suffering. I want to I preach to some of you. I know you're not a rookie at suffering. So listen to me. She was bent over and could no way raise herself up. I'm going to say that again. There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. This is what God sent me here for today to the river. There are some people bent over with infirmity, cast down with affliction and pain and suffering and addiction, and you cannot raise yourself up. At some point during the service today, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over you. And the person who could not raise their self up are all of a sudden going to be raised up into new life and freedom and deliverance in the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to move in this place. I can feel something happening. Somebody say something's happening. But when Jesus saw her, lady, listen to me in this room right now. When Jesus saw her and he sees you, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I'm telling you right now, some of you have been bent over in pain and suffering and affliction and addiction and molestation and rape and lies and pornography and sex outside of marriage and addiction. All these things, alcohol and drugs, bent over. But I'm here to tell you, I declare the name of Jesus on you. Get up from your bent over position, from your broken position, from your addicted position, Jesus wants to set you free. I wish you would lift your hands right now and say, Jesus, do it to me. Y'all got me screaming up in here. I apologize. <laughs> she got up. Now, this is what Paul told Timothy. Paul told Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what did you give us? Power, love, and a sound mind. Some of you are crazy because you're still in sin. But God's going to give you a sound mind. He's going to give you love. He's going to give you power. Slap your neighbor and say, you ain't one of those crazy ones, are you? Somebody in the front said, yes, I am. He had to tell Timothy this because Timothy was in a battle that intimidated him, that made him feel like he wanted to cower down. And that's why God sent me here. He said, some of you are in such a fire right now that you're thinking about giving up. That is the purpose of the affliction, is to feel so hopeless that you give up in the fire. And so you're tired up, 
and you're in a heated battle. But I want you to look again. Because when they looked inside, they didn't see just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, I see the fourth that are like the sons of God. I see an angel in there. I see somebody else in there. I want to preach today to somebody. You're not in this fire by yourself. Jesus Christ is in this fire with you. This is what the Lord gave me. Now watch this. The spirit of fear, the spirit of infirmity. That word there, the spirit of fear, is only used one time in the Bible, right there. It's pronounced in the Greek, dylia. But the root word is only used three other times. Two of them are in two different gospels with the same story. And it was when Jesus was on the boat and they were crossing over to the other side. He rebuked them for their fear and their lack of faith. What I think is about to shift in some of our lives is we're going to replace the fear that's tormenting us with faith in our Jesus regardless of the circumstances. Something is about to turn around in this place because God said it to me like this. You worship whoever you fear. Whatever you fear the most, that is your God. If you fear God, you have knowledge and you have wisdom. If you fear sickness, disease, addiction, affliction, the government, anything else, the boogeyman, whatever you fear, that is your God. But if things could shift right now in your life and you can stare a diagnosis in the face and say, I still believe in my Jesus in spite of what the doctor said. I still believe in my Jesus in spite of the fact that my son is incarcerated. I still believe in Jesus in spite of the fact that I'm struggling with my addiction. I believe in Jesus. Revelation 21 and 8. I know I'm preaching longer than I normally do. 35 minutes is a long service for me. Revelation 21 and 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Are y'all following me? So he's saying he links the fearful with all the major sins of the Bible. Because that is what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to torment you with fear. It comes out in anxiety. It comes out in depression. It comes out in sickness. It comes out in divorce. It comes out in loneliness. It's the attacks and the affliction of the enemy to oppress you. And it has one purpose, to steal your faith. Because when you have faith, there is nothing that the enemy can do to you. So we have a choice. Die in the fire in this life and then have to live in the fire in the next life. 
or we can trust God in this fire and live in heaven in the afterlife. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and the river, we're going to serve the Lord. Whatever hell brings, we're going to be worshipers. We're going to worship. We're going to praise God. Why don't we take a praise break right now? Why don't you show the enemy what you do when he brings a fire? Why don't you show him what you do when the enemy comes in like a flood? We lift up a standard against him. I will not bow. I will not bow. I will not bow. Stand to your feet. I'm finished. And those three Hebrew boys, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel it. They checked on them. They weren't bound anymore. The fire didn't hurt them. But there was something that the Bible says here that most of us preachers don't even preach about. They didn't even smell like fire. That means by the time they were discipled, you couldn't even tell they used to be a drug addict. By the time they were discipled, you couldn't even tell they were an alcoholic or they were depressed or they were a fighter or they were a liar. Or that Why? We don't smell like the fire we come out of. We smell like worship. We have been with Jesus. You can't tell who I used to be. You can't tell what I used to do. Why? Because you ought to see who I worship right now. I worship a living God. I wish somebody would give God a crazy praise right now. Who has God set free in this place? What has he done for you?